You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Show, episode 239. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook, and keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. We're extremely excited to be back with you again this week. It is our predictions show, our 2024 predictions show, where we review our terrible 2023 predictions and take a stab at 2024 just to see if Brennan can raise his rate above 10%. All right, let's not delay. Let's get to the show. I'm going to bring on my co-host, Mr. Aaron Dunn and the Killer Bees, Brett and Brennan. How are you guys prepared for Christmas heading into the new year? You all ready? Yeah. Nope. Not even close. No, neither am I. I'm ready. How about the Aaron? Has the shopping been done, Aaron? Yeah, I don't really do much of the shopping. You're gonna ask Gab, right? Is the shopping been done? It's true. Brent and Brett shopping. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, you're amazing. I still have one more gift to pick up though, just because I was on the phone with my mom the other day and I asked (laughs) her, you know what would top off her garage basically because she likes woodworking nice and uh yeah she she gave me a hint so she she won't expect it this year but i think i'll get it for her and you have that gift like just sitting there just in case you get a special lady by the end of the year right it's still <laughs> yeah. sitting there and you, you'll, you'll give it to her uh my head's in the books right now yeah uh-huh, that's, that's and, impressive uh, yeah you guys are yeah, studying you guys both take your level three at the same time right level three CFA. yeah, yeah. We said yeah, we'd never talk about that again. again. That's okay about us <laughs> talking about it. That's actually one of my predictions is that I'm going to fail it this year and Brett's going to pass it. So, uh, <laughs> really? Uh, no, no, that's not. It's a way for him to bat on himself, right? Yeah. I'm just I'm You're predicting that Brett's going to fail and you're going to pass? No, no, no. Brett's going to pass. You're predicting you're both going to fail. My, <laughs> my first prediction before we get to is the mugs are coming. That is... Mugs are coming. I think that'll come true. We're going to be yeah. giving away some uh, mugs for some of our best. Well, there's going to be a point where I just questions. go on strike until I get my mugs. So that's true. Aaron know. Dunn will not be on the podcast until he gets a mug. I think they're coming very shortly. So we, since this is the last podcast of the year, and we still may get you in, and aren't you in Hawaii for the first week? So yeah, you, that'll be nice. You'll yeah, you'll get a mug by the time you get back. Filled with something special for you that we pour mm-hmm. right now and just let sit in the office. All right. Well, let's let's look at um, – I was going to look – just do a brief introduction here. I'm going to share my screen, uh, brief of our uh, some of our coverage over the course of this year. Well, I thought I'd do a quick coverage review. Uh, of course, this is our 2024 prediction show. Um, let's look at uh, one of the best-performing stocks – in all of Canada. Happy to report that Hammond Power, one of our Canadian small cap focused by recommendations, was the second best performing stock on the TSX this past year. It was, it was basically the best performing stock all year until the last couple of weeks when a Bitcoin farmer somehow passed it. Uh, good on Bit Farms. But we take, if we take a little bit of a wider view here to see how truly great a performer Hammond Power has been, if we look over the past two years, uh, Hammond Power, the best performing stock in on the TSX over that time. Now, if you look back, just to look at BitFarms again, just back two years, BitFarms is actually down over the past two years. So best performing stock last year, if you owned it two years ago, you're still down. If you owned Hammond Power two years ago, uh, you're up 588%. Let's look, what was the best performing stock on the TSX over the past five years? Well, we're familiar again with that name. Uh, it's Hammond Power. So it's tre- it's been a tremendous gainer for us, it, truly game-changing for portfolios. I pulled this back for a second to show you too. 
the bottom company there, um, Cypher, was actually a company that is in coverage as well. So uh, that's in, over the past two years, that's uh, two of the top five performing stocks on the TSX. It's excellent to see. Um, I also noted that uh, if you look back um, uh, to the uh, the top stocks over the past year on the TSX, Firan, which is a focus buy with 13th overall, two recent recommendations were in the top 25, and we've got two income stocks uh, in the top 40 with gains of 50%. So, uh, you know, well represented over the past year, and uh, I had to say it was a good year. Uh, for our research. There was also a company acquired uh, over the past year from our Canadian Focus Buy portfolio. That's H2O Innovations. They were acquired by a company called Ember uh, for a significant premium. As you can see there, that uh, the day that that occurred, the stock was up roughly 50, 60%, uh, up 75% for the year. And uh, since we bought that stock uh, in 2019 or recommended to clients at $1.16, uh, bought out at 425, that's 267% return. So that's what we're looking for. Uh, get those excellent exit points for clients in what was a good company that executed to its plan uh, when we originally uh, interviewed the company and recommended it uh, just over three and a half years ago. I wanted to also just tease you, we've got some upcoming research coming out. This should be released uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, it is Keystone's 2024 cash-rich, profitable, command small-cap report. What it is, uh, we do statistical analysis uh, on um, 60 stocks there. They were pulled from us looking individually at the balance sheets, the MD&As, the financial statements of over 3,500 stocks in Canada. That's basically every stock in Canada. We're looking for strong balance sheets and current profitability from operations. We've got seven cash-rich recommendations from our Canadian small-cap buy portfolio. Uh, and our Canadian small cap discovery portfolio, including two new buys that were added uh, over the course of the last three to four months as we were going through this research to compile this report. Uh, we've got seven cash-rich top-tier monitor companies that we're looking to potentially add to our focus buy portfolio or discovery portfolio in the next one to three years. And we've got eight additional micro-caps. These are cash-rich micro to nano cap companies, 50 million market cap in Canada or less, and they're profitable and cash rich. And we've added them and done individual reports on those companies as well. So look for that report in the next couple days. We're also putting together our 2024 Canadian dividend all-star report. Uh, 2020, uh, the 2023 one combined uh, essentially looks at every, the 2024 will also look at every dividend stock in Canada or income producing stock in Canada. It's 400 plus, plus we use a rigorous criteria to find the companies that provide vest value in terms of capital appreciation and dividend appreciation. We look for dividend growth stocks in this report. Typically it can, contains around 12 to 17 income stocks on the Canadian market and we provide data and smaller reports on 20 to 30 stocks from our monitor list as well. Uh, we're also going to look at a 2024 US growth stock report. We're just starting the research on that today. Uh, we're looking roughly screening through 10,000 companies or more with a market cap of less than a billion. It takes us down uh, to about 2,000 stocks with strong revenue growth, profitability, and good balance sheets. That's what we're looking for and we'll be searching through those. The goal here is to discover the next great growth stock or stocks with a similar profile to some of Keystone's past very successful recommendations, including Boyd, Hammond Power, or Expel. Look for that um, by the end of January. All right, well, that's gonna provide the intro to this section. I'm going to quickly look at uh, where we were last year. You guys ready for that? Your predictions oh, yeah. uh, over the course of this I already know year. how they turned out, so. You already know. Yes. You, you looked ahead. At least how my predictions turned out. Well, I mean, it's not hard. You read to... the end of the book, basically. I made the predictions and I yes, follow the true. news, so. Do you, do you actually, what about the other guys though? Did you, do you remember their predictions? Uh, I reviewed them. That's good. I'm going to give you quickly our scorecard, 2022. I had three and a half. That's what I have written here. I'm not sure how I got half. Three and a half out of four. Aaron had three out of three. Brennan had 1.5 out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, Brett was yours. Half. What was yours? 
Oh, mine was flawless. I had 100% four, correct. 100%. I think he was four for four. That's what I thought. I have, <laughs> I, I, I said he had, uh, I, for some reason I say five out of four, but I don't know what that doesn't make sense. But he, he did <laughs> tremendously well last year. That's all we remember. All right, let's get to, I'm going to talk about my first production and then we can kind of talk about that. Um, I had stated that AI or artificial intelligence will be one of the more discussed themes of 2023 as more and more use cases are imagined, flushed out and realized. I believe this prediction should be uh, two out of one in my humble opinion, given the fact that AI was one of the biggest focuses of discussion, not just for the financial markets, but for humankind in general over 2020. Three. Now, you let me know if I get, I know I get one out of one, but do I get two out of one? I give you a half out of one. That's weak. That is just so because it was about the easiest prediction anybody could have made at that I point. don't, I don't, was it I don't think in I December? Yeah, it was December. It was right after ChatGBT. Yeah, just after launched. he came out. So, released in November, but it was prior so. to like the big stock market boom. Prior to, yeah. prior right, to the one. I'll give you one out of one. So you, you're saying what you what I hear is two. Okay, no, thank you. No, Thanks. That's no, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. It's it's. Uh, we'll, we'll give me one on that one because we, we're not going to give me one. I don't think on the next one. Uh, housing prices I, I predicted will continue to fall. A significant decline in North American house prices in 2023. I'll tell you what my theory was. Uh, while other assets sold off ruthlessly in 2022, housing was up 6.46%. Uh, which actually it held up really well relative to other asset classes, uh, which, you know, there's a bear market in crypto. There's a bear market in the stock market overall. The NASDAQ was down 35 percent, 36 in that range. Um, I thought that this uh, the fall would be given to the spike in rates and it would cause homeowners uh, at the margins to sell as variable interest payments became too expensive. And, and coming mortgage renewals were at unworkable rates that would trigger some sales. Now, the rate hikes in 2022, which were late and then aggressive, should have had a lagging effect. Uh, but uh, we didn't see this. I think what went on here, I think it's twofold. What I did not see was that in Canada, where variable rates are taken more widely and homeowners typically reset faster than the US, it's one to five years versus some longer terms in the US. Uh, now, we chronicled this through the year. Big banks extended the amortization terms from 25 to 35 to 40 plus in that range. Uh, this was entirely unanticipated and gave homeowners some breathing room. In a sense, with a 40-year mortgage, you're quasi-renting. As rates reset, homeowners at the margins will eventually face the reality that they cannot afford their homes at current rates. But there's nothing like our financial system to just kick the can down the road. They're hoping kind of crossed fingers that when homeowners renew their mortgages, they may be either in a better position somehow or um, rates would be lower. But I do not foresee anything close to, say, sub 2% that many bought at. And they had little wiggle room at that time. So there may be still some trouble looming here. Uh, in the U.S., it appears that homeowners just did not sell as their locked rates are far superior to any rate. That would get uh, go. They get after a sale and a rebuy, so the supply was way down. Now, in my opinion, the strength or lack of weakness has more to do with the continued asset or hard asset price inflation, because the affordability generally in housing remains uh, on the decline. And the biggest move to level this would be a declining housing prices. We still haven't seen that, but if you do look at housing prices moving into twenty twenty three, like. The, the move for housing prices this year, like housing was up slightly this year, about three to 4% in that, depending on what you look at, we look at the S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller 20 city composite home price. That's the largest title I've ever said. But and that, if you look at relative to what the, my prediction should have been that the housing market would um, not go up relatively as high as say the um the s p 500 the s p 500 is up 24 percent the nasdaq up 44 percent so relative to those assets uh, housing underperformed uh, at just uh, year to date it's about 6.5 and if you look over the past 12 months about 3.9 only housing was up so i should have said that that would have been the correct call that housing will lag other assets primarily the stock market but i didn't say that so that is not that is a zero out of one on that 
Any thoughts on the housing market, gentlemen? No, I just thought it was interesting um, uncovering how the amortizations on variable loans in Canada were just really being extended. And, you know, you mentioned 40 year amortizations. A lot of people are on infinite amortizations. Yeah. I mean, their payments aren't even covering the interest payments. So, um, you know, if, if rates come down over the next year here before they, they renew, then maybe they get, you know, some, some reprieve there, but, uh, obviously this is a situation that is unsustainable. So. Yeah. You'd think that there's more pain coming still, but I mean, like, cause that's one of my predictions from last year and it was, I mean, I'll go over it, but I was completely wrong. Um, but you know, maybe there's a, a lagging effect still that we're going to see. I don't know. I mean, supplies. I think it just really depends like what happens with interest rates in 2024 and what happens with the economy. Right. I mean, if totally the economy enters into a recession and, and interest rates don't go down fairly significantly, then yeah, a lot of people will, you know, I've also read that there are a lot of mortgage renewals coming up in 2025. So, um, you know, that would be a big year to look at as well depending mm-hmm. on what's yep. happening with the economy and rates. Now, my final prediction would be, was that there would be more companies taken over from our cash rich report uh, than in the previous year. Now, what, what, I, uh, what I punch myself in the face uh, over this about is that, and I know this, um, it, it was a better time for acquisitions over the course of this year, but the financial markets generally are stupid. So they buy when the markets are flush or where you're at uh, highs. And last year, over the course of last year, there was highs. So there was six companies taken over from our cash rich uh, report last year uh, in 2022. This past year, there was two. Now it's still great to find those companies within there, but it's less because there was less M&A generally. It would have been smart to buy them this year. Like that should be the prediction. You should, or it just should be the statement. You should have been buying companies when they were depressed at the start of this year. Instead, many of those companies were bought in 2022 at uh, in the start of the year at a significant high. And then as they rose over the course of the, or as they were bottoming at the start of this year, they were not bought. And now we'll probably see more M&M, M&A activity or M&Ms maybe in my stocking, but we'll see more M&A activity if the markets continue to rise this year as uh more cash may be easier to get. But again, uh, that one didn't work out uh, as well as I had hoped. But to be honest, the it was more of a recommendation. There should have been more companies taken over at the start of this year. And uh, that didn't happen. I would believe that over the course of this year, there'll probably be more of the cash rich companies in that report we're just sending out this week uh, will be taken over than last year. So that could be a, a prediction for this coming year. All right. Any thoughts on that? Or you guys want to just move? We got a lot to go through. You're one for yeah, three so far. Uh, again, yeah, the one first one three. was two out of one. one. So one that's for two for three in my math. So Okay. Keep going. It's impressive. Low. No, I'm done. Oh, that's my done. predictions. Well, we had one about your love life and I've, cl- I've I of course nailed that one. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. two for four. I'm this two for year, four. This year. It's okay. It's true. 2020. Yeah, so we'll you go actually to- specifically put that you weren't going to make a girlfriend prediction. So you did not get that. Yes. Oh, but then I doubled down and said, I will. And he won't. That's it. So, <laughs> bottom line. Let's look at Brandon's predictions. Uh, yeah. air, first one was about airline pricing, right? Yeah. Can I share my screen? Can you unshare? Uh, so we don't really want you to, but you're going to anyway. So. Yeah. I'd like to share my screen. Um, <laughs> so my first one was that my, my first prediction for 2023 was that airfare pricing is going to become more reasonable in 2023. And so to track my prediction, I use the, the St. Louis Fed Consumer Price Index for the average airline fares in U.S. cities. And my thesis here was essentially, you know, just seeing the strong airline inflation since the pandemic and airlines investing in capacity with the increased demand. You know, I thought that airfare pricing would begin to normalize back to uh, pre-pandemic levels which in November, the index was at 280.5. And while it did increase briefly at the beginning of 2023, uh, it has continued to moderate back to uh, pre-pandemic levels where the index now sits at 250.3, down 11% from when I made my prediction. Um, And if you do look uh, at the chart in comparison to 2019, it has actually fallen back 
to its pre-pandemic levels. However, a side note, you know, if we were measuring airfare pricing flying out of Saskatoon, I think that uh, the opposite would have probably been true. Uh, prices for tickets wouldn't have went down 11%. They probably would have went up 30% or something like that since uh, Air Canada uh, ended up pulling out a lot of flights. Um, although, flight. <laughs> yeah. Anec- anecdotally, your flight, because Brennan's coming to town, we're, we're going to be at the mm-hmm. World Outlook. Uh, myself and Aaron will be speaking. That's a good segue. Um, and on February, what is it? Third and fourth? Yeah, third and fourth, I think. Uh, and uh, your flight was half what it was last year. So, Brennan, Ooh. look wow. at that. See, I'm not the guy buying tickets, so I don't know. But anyways, okay, so that's my first one. And I would say that I'm, I was right there. But I mean, that was just my play on, you know, inflation coming back down. My second one, not so hot. So I said gold will perform well in 2023 relative to other asset classes. So my thesis here was just, you know, with interest rate hikes, inflation remaining at somewhat elevated levels uh, at beginning of 2023, you know, some the fear was in the market. I thought that gold would perform well due to its safe haven properties. And I said that uh, the gold miller recommendation from our coverage, as well as a pure play cash rich gold miner recommendation from coverage would also do well. So while on an absolute basis, gold did have a good year, it was up about 10%. But relative to the S&P 500, which I said that I would base it off of, it actually underperformed. Uh, So my prediction was wrong, was wrong here. Um, But you know, I will say the gold miller in coverage is up 30% uh, year to date, which is awesome. Uh, And the gold miner uh, is now down. But during the year, we indicated to clients to take some profit uh, for about a 45% gain. Uh, So we did actually sell uh, some of that position. Um, But overall, I I was wrong. You know, I should have just said gold will have, you know, a great year on an absolute basis rather than a relative basis to the S&P 500, which it did underperform. Um, But it outperformed bonds, so our 20-year bonds. Any, you any should comments have stopped on? at gold. Gold will perform well, or <laughs> compared it to the TSX S and P TSX, which was up only yeah. seven percent. Yeah. And then you were too specific, Brennan. If you want Brennan, to be an expert yeah. forecaster, you have to be as vague <laughs> as possible. Yeah, and sort of like anything is a, sort of mumble yeah. too. So you can say, "Well, I know I did say that." This is a good segue into my next one because this is pretty precise that I went, and it's funny. Uh, so I said. Uh, Because of elevated interest rates, I believe single family Uh, residential housing prices in Saskatoon will decline 6% to a median price of $380,000. I couldn't have been more wrong here. Did exactly the opposite. Housing prices in Saskatoon went up 6.5% over that period. So uh, yeah, I mean, the the market's been robust in in Saskatoon. I believe it's kind of the same in in Calgary. but uh, yeah, I, I couldn't have been more wrong there. Um, any any comments there? You should have said six percent. Um, yeah, I think it's absolute. obviously it's regional. I think that that prices are down. Certainly, yeah. single family in Vancouver year over mm-hmm. year, probably about that amount. Yeah. Um, although I'm not one hundred percent certain. And again, mm-hmm. I I would echo my comments about what is kind of allowing that to, to happen yeah. is, is, is the extension because nobody's, nobody's feeling any pain yet. So, I mean, and, and yeah, it sucks to feel pain, but you know. Yeah. I, I was considering the, doubling down on this uh, prediction this, this year, but you know, without being as specific, go for it. but uh, yeah. I don't think I'm going to, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay. So okay, number my, four. my last one is, so what are you at right now? What are you at? Uh, so I'm at card? one for one for three. One for three so far. Okay. Uh, so I said, uh, this summer, my golf game is going to improve and I'm going to break my summer 2022 record game of 83 on the course behind my house at Wildwood. Well, you know, I was sort of right, or at least that's what I keep telling myself. Um, you know, all I could do was tie my record of 83. I did, however, shoot an even par on a nine hole stretch for my first time ever on this course. And I even had Not an a eagle mini this golf. year. Yeah. No, no, it's this the course behind my house. Uh, so while I have not made or while I may not have beat my course record, I certainly think that I improved. You know, I just uh, need to work on my consistency maybe a little bit. Um, so I think that I, I deserve at least a half point here. I, I tied my one and a half out of four. Is that what we're going for? <laughs> That's all I'm fighting for. Yeah. That's what you're <laughs> 
because and, Brad, uh, Brad, Brad, Brad wants you to get to two, so one of his predictions yeah, can come true. Right? He's like, I vote for two. I vote for two. <laughs> okay, uh, and that's uh, that's my predictions. I I didn't do nicely too slow. done. Well, that's your. We'll review. I think we're we're looking at Aaron's now. That was Let's a teaser. Look at prediction there. number one here. What did I say? I said can inflation continues to decline through the first half of twenty twenty three. Um, with month-over-month figures down significantly, the inflation rate will approximate the Bank of Canada's 2% target around May um, based on the extrapolation of recent month-over-month inflation rates. So I showed basically what the inflation rates were doing at the time, and I just extrapolated um, out till May, and that brought us down to kind of about 2.5%. And on this, I'm going to give myself a flat zero out of one here although inflation did decline we'll it did it did and mm. i was considering like arguing for a quarter point or something like that but i was pretty specific in the whole like you know two percent around may so i was completely wrong about that i mean it so did decline not are you taking your own advice this year and being less specific less specific in your you know i i was what one of the things that i said at least three or four times as i was making the forecast is that this was a very bad forecast. Yeah. It was just like, I was, I was just extrapolating a bunch it, of previous data. And uh, I was telling people, don't trust this forecast. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. And it turned so out. It would be impressive bad. if it even went down to like 2.7%, but then you still probably wouldn't be right. Right. That's the thing that, that that's very, oh, very I, specific. I think if it was at 2.7 by May. You give yourself. Then I would have given myself full points, but like we're still at like I mean I think we're around like three percent or something now, and it's it's yeah, almost yeah. the end of the year. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I can't really argue that I deserve any points from that. I mean, if you guys want to be generous, give me a fifth of a point or something. We'll see how well you do on the other ones. Yeah. Not yeah. We'll see how bad here. we feel. Yeah. Right. Okay. So next prediction number two was central bankers will begin to announce interest rate reductions in twenty twenty three likely in the second half of the year, once it's clear that the rest, that the uh, rate hikes have started to slow the economy, uh, the central banks will react to decrease interest rates. Um, well, on this, I mean, even though technically we aren't at the end of the year, I have to give myself another zero out of one. This is a very bad prediction. There's absolutely nothing right about it. Uh, we all know that central banks did not reduce rates so far in 2023. And since there's no meetings planned before the end of the year, that's not going to happen. They were increasing rates into the fall, into October, I think was the last one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, you guys want to argue in favor for like a, a half point here? Well, we might go back to half point on the other one now. If it... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Because you're see. thinking I need it, right? Is that what you're Yes, that's what we're saying. We're trying to yes, be exactly. charitable. It's, it's, it's it... a charity point. We're in the spirit of giving, right? Here. We're close to Christmas. Charity point. Yeah. Okay. So uh, prediction number three, stock markets will enter another bull market in 2023, possibly starting in the first half of the year. Uh, this is linked to declining inflation, central bank responses, markets reacting pos- positively. You want to know what? I think that here it's, it's, I almost think I deserve a half point. Because there have been, even though it's not been a widespread bull market, there is certainly a major recovery in the technology sector. We've seen, you know, somewhat of a bull market over the last month, more broadly based. Um, if we just use the U.S. The index. Market, I predicted, though. What's that? If you just use the U.S. index and, and didn't and knew nothing of the fact that it was yeah. seven stocks, you know, like it. By I that definition, that, that was a bull market, certainly. Yeah. yeah, but then, like, almost all of that return has concentrated in seven stocks. Now, I think over the last month, it's a little more broad. Broad, it but has it's been. not the yeah. bull market I predicted. So, you know, I'd say I deserve between zero to a half point. I gave myself uh, a yellow circle here. Half um, a point. Half a I give you a one, half honestly. A Come on. Yeah, I, I think, think you should have a one. Get a one, too. One then we're not being generous. One. We're not going to give you the one on the first one, but we're no. going to give you one. Well, I'm, I'm on just getting one. one out of three. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think however you slice it, that's fair. I got one out of three. I, yeah. I certainly, I think that one thing we can agree on is that generally speaking, my predictions were absolutely horrid. But you were three out of three last year, so... There you go. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. true. So All right, on to Brad. About my ability to predict, I just focus on 
Yeah, well, like I said, predictions are for losers anyways. We're just doing this because everybody <laughs> wants a prediction show at the start And that's basically uh, every time I made a prediction last year, I said, this is very bad. We're Don't also a bunch of losers. when so. I make predictions. So, <laughs> but Brett, Brett made a smarter bet on inflation with yeah, his I, first prediction, right? Like this is the more general, right? Like, this is more Materially general. lower. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so I, I, I did actually in my comment say a step further. So I predicted oh. inflation will be lower. And yeah. I said, I expect inflation to be around 3% by the end of 2023. The last was 3.1%. And mm-hmm. economists actually expected 3%. So I, I think not, I just deserve that one. Yes, yeah, so you point. definitely yeah. get a point. That's, that's, Where's that's, your crystal ball? I, and I did actually specify 2 to 3.5% before you started arguing there, Aaron. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got you. No, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Ahead. No, that's... Okay, you, one you for one. Close. And that's why I was reviewing the past... Uh, everybody's yeah. everybody's predictions and that actually stood out to me i'm like oh he was actually quite uh quite close that's impressive i mean it okay, reminds so- me of that that uh study they did where they had chimpanzees throw darts mm-hmm. at a board of stock symbols yes. and yeah so you're <laughs> but, saying he's the no, chimpanzee I'm right that's uh, what yeah, you're yeah. saying yeah. i'm more of an orangutan oh, actually yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, going downhill hill from here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I did say SBF or Sam Bakeman freed uh, the former CEO founder of FTX would be convicted and sentenced to more than 20 years. The sentencing hasn't happened yet, so I'm even off on timing, but he was at least convicted. So yes. however you guys want to make of that. Half point. Well, well yeah, I'm convicted, but I mean, it becomes a full point. We'll, we'll review this next year. It mm-hmm. can become a full point at the end of next year, I would say. Yeah. Uh, right now, I don't know about that. This is a prediction. Oh, it has to be year. within this year. Uh, yeah, you mm-hmm. forgot the wheels of justice run slowly. Yes, I know that was <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. and that's what I noted when I was reviewing that. I'm like, you know, yes. you're probably right, mm-hmm. but it just a, a sentencing is going to take a long time. I mean, I don't even know if the sentencing's I think February or March or something now. Yeah. And so at the time when I I wrote this, the initial trial I think was meant to be like June or something like that. It was meant to be mid-year and then it got pushed into October. So that's more what I was thinking. And then we see sentencing around November, December. But obviously yeah. that was early. I, I, I'm fine with a half point there. I think that's that, That's like those forecasters that we yep. say, that, that say the markets will crash and then 10 years mm-hmm. later they crash and the market's gone up 400% over that time. Say, see, I was right. Yeah, right. They went down 20% <laughs> right the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there has to be some little timing. No, it's not that you're not that if far. If you listen, you'd be up huge in the last three months. Of course, down huge <laughs> yeah. over the year, but or two uh, years. Okay. So you, your third was about Chinese equities, right? Yeah, chi- yeah. Chinese equities are going to continue to fall. I said mainland and ADRs, which we they trade on American exchanges um, or any other exchanges, depository receipts in general. Um, Shanghai index was down, so that's their mainland. And then Hang Sen, which is actually in Hong Kong, but it's effectively the same composite of your ADRs, was also down. So there you go. Uh, wow. Shanghai was down six percent, and Hang nice. Sen Hang, yeah. it was a bit more. Does oh. Brad have two and a half out of three here? Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Except Whoa. the next one. Whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. I don't know. Hang Sen was down 18%. I checked it earlier. I just forgot the number. All right, then moving on. Major Canadian and American indexes will finish up 2023 after a harsh 2022. And I further, of course, making myself then incorrect because that on its own would have been correct. Yeah. I said the this was a half point add on after the fact as well that I said the Russell 2000 would be perform better than the S&P 500, mm. which it did not. Ooh, no. Negative so 2.5 points, I think. What do we get out of that? Do we, is it half or for the he first part? I specifically put that as an add-on. As negative a, half. Yeah, 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 specific, half. yeah. yeah. A negative half, right? And the last prediction you just went wrong. Was the worst prediction I think I've ever made. You bet on the and wrong it was the horse. stupidest thing. And I honestly, after <laughs> that, you should have fired me. I yes. predicted Brennan's predictions would be over 50% correct. And obviously that prediction. was completely wrong. And no one should have ever even thought that was going to be the case. No. That's no. a bad prediction. Sorry. Right. So what did you end up with there? Three and a half or 
out of uh we'll go with three because half three. point on the sbf half point on the three out of five yeah three out of five predictions so, are for losers I, it's true i think he wins doesn't he and i will you actually asked so. i'm gonna point this out even though you said specifically in the podcast you wouldn't hold us to it uh bitcoin price prediction Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Brendan said under 15K. Aaron said flat, so 15 to 20K. And I said above 20K. I was right again. Ooh. Best predictor. My winner, coin flips winner. are better. Four for Chicken six. Dinner. Four for six. Yeah. That's impressive. That's, I, and I just abstained on that We're going to have to take a look at that coin. I abstained <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Something sketchy about it. No, that's oh. good. That's Those were... Uh, well done. We should put up a round of applause. Brett won this year's prediction job, show. Um, yeah. And I've won it every year, but uh, we can't go back and verify that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. Aaron, you're going to start our predictions for this year, right? Is that what, the way we're doing sure, it? why not? These bold do predictions do for the course of this year that will undoubtedly come true, 100%. Well, if history is any is any job. What I will predict is that... Um, Though you should get your hands on those reports that we talked about earlier. Uh, that is something that you should look at. Uh, Me? There, there will be some good companies in there. I'll do that. You and you alone should get your hands on those, Aaron. No one okay. else. Okay. So, you know, my predictions here, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to double down on the, uh, rate cut prediction here. I'm going to be specific about it. Cause oh. I think just saying rate cuts, in 2024 or starting to cut in 2024 is just too broad. It's not, you know, so I'm going to say specifically prediction number one, Bank of Canada and the Fed will start to cut rates in Q3 of Ooh. next year. And so not course, the second half, even just in that, just quarter. in that specific quarter, Q3 is going to be where the Three first months. rate cut happens. Right. I'm um, just basing that on the uh, trajectory of uh, inflation in both countries. So if you look at inflation in Canada, it's traded down a lot, of course, really starting to um, ramp up around the summer of 2020, hitting a peak in June of 2022 at about about just under 8%. Um, and then since then, it's just been consistently sliding down. And it's right right now hovering just above the, um, the range of between, uh, what is it, 1% to 3% for the Bank of Canada's target. So uh, any lower and it's right back in the range. And if it looks like it's going to trend from there, they're going to have to start cutting. So we've definitely seen some impact on the economy in Canada. I think that this is a fairly safe bet, but we'll see. Uh, in the U.S., inflation really going about the same path. It actually peaked a little bit higher, around 9%. Um, and now it is it is trended down to about, about the same range, just over 3 I think it's about 3.5%. Now, I, economic data in the U.S. has not shown the same weakness as we've seen up here in Canada. Still pretty strong. So they actually may be behind us. Canada may cut first, first and then the U.S. But in terms of, you know, where inflation is, obviously it's, uh, it's pulled back a lot in both countries. And that should indicate um, that we'll start to see some cutting sometime soon. Uh, inflation, or sorry, prediction number two for 2024. I'm predicting another revolutionary advancement in AI released during 2024 and a continuation of the AI arms race. Now, me saying a continuation of the AI arms race, AI arms race, we can just basically ignore that because, of course, that's going to continue to happen. I don't think you need to be a, a, a great forecaster to figure that out. But what I am really predicting here is that. There's going to be another major advancement in AI in 2024 that's announced and released, similar to the release of ChatGPT in November 2022, something that just blows everybody's hair back, right? So, um, of course, November 2022, OpenAI releases ChatGPT, completely changes the landscape of artificial intelligence, uh, certainly makes it more mainstream. Um, and then since then, we've seen all sorts of things happen, like AI being integrated into um, search engines, into other types of software, office projects, new models being released by OpenAI, by Google, um, by Meta, um, open source models, Google really stepping up to the plate and, and releasing a lot of new things like the Palm 2, Duet AI. I, and just recently in December, they, they released their Gemini models. Um, now, Gemini Ultra, the biggest model is an out, but apparently this is very competitive with GPT-4. 
Um, and then there's now there's rumors about OpenAI get, releasing GPT-5 um, in the near future. So I think it's going to be something not just an incremental increase, but something that's really going to be like another step up sometime in 2024. And then um, prediction number three is uh, is that dividend stocks will uh, outperform in 2024. So when I say dividend stocks, I'm not, we can classify dividends as um, dividend growth stocks and then just, you know, dividend stocks, which are your traditional kind of maybe higher yield, lower growth companies, um, but really dividend stocks that don't have a significant growth component to them have not performed well over the last year. Now we could look at like, say a five-year chart. We can look at a couple sectors that are synonymous with this type of of dividend stock. So there's the REIT index up here in Canada. Um, you know, good performance after it bottomed out in 2020. That peaked um, around just before the summer of 2022. And since then, really poor performance. So we, we have not seen a lot of interest in REITs. We could say the same thing with um, utility index. Basically, anything that is seen as mostly a yield play. But I think that as um, Rates start to come down. What that's going to do is that's going to put more people in the long-term bonds, um, which is going to reduce long-term bond yields. It's going to make a lot of these companies look more attractive. Um, furthermore, you know, most dividend stocks that are of the low growth category are going to have higher levels of debt. So with the assumption or the impression that interest rates are declining, that will be a net positive for most of these companies. So I think that um, they're going to have a better year in 2024. Whether or not they outperform the market uh, is really just depends on a lot of things. I'm not necessarily predicting that, but I think that they're going to have a better year in 2024 than they did in uh, 2023. I like it. Nice job. Yeah. Overall, um, I think uh, a takeaway there, an actionable bit of advice for people listening are, you know, there could be, a significant you know opportunity in great uh, dividend kind of dividend growth stocks that have been kind of thrown out with the bathwater in this trade where you're looking at higher interest rates, that being negative for dividend stocks. Uh, there's some great companies, and Aaron uh, is putting together a dividend all star report right now. And you know, there's going to be a couple companies in there that I would predict that will perform very well over this year. Part of it just getting back to where they should be, and then you know growing as they naturally do every year. So, I mean, I think there are some opportunities there, particularly when you do see a rate cut uh, at some point, uh, I think the market then suddenly shifts and it typically happens fast, which is, uh, you know, you would not think that in a, you know, steady, steady dividend growth stock, but if the sentiment shifts and everybody thinks suddenly, oh, these have been on sale, you know, it'll happen fast. So positioning yourself now, if you think that's a trend this year over the course of the next two years is the right thing to do. And it's always the right thing to do to buy a good quality dividend growth stock. To be honest, it may be an opportunity right now that we haven't seen in a while. It kind of has been this fall. Like you, you saw in those charts with the, the REITs and the utilities, uh, they, they have come up from, from their lows uh, of this fall uh, into winter. So it, it's already starting a little. It may continue this year. So you want to try to get ahead of that. All right. Who did I say? Did I say Brennan? I, I mean, guess I'm we'll go with Brennan because I'm going to end it off. Sure. Why not? Yeah, we'll yeah I, like this, I like the segue too because get, get uh, great this minds think alike. Me and Mr. Brett's not making predictions this year? No, no, he is. Brett is, but we're trying to get Brennan over with. We're yeah, not letting Brett segment. make predictions because he's oh, he too well. Yeah, he's too, That's well, true. too good. <laughs> um, so yeah, this kind of goes in line with uh, what Aaron just said. So uh, on an absolute basis for 2024, I predict that utility stocks will perform better in 2024 than in 2023. And I will measure this with the BMO Equal Weight Utilities Index ETF or ZUT on the TSX, uh, which was down 11% in 2023. Now, again, this reiterates what Aaron kind of was saying, but uh, what underpins my prediction here is seeing that we are getting some dovish sentiment from the Fed on where rates will go in 2024. Uh and if we do see interest rates go down in 2024, uh, we will see utilities who tend to have higher debt level or levels of debt uh, pay less interest on that debt. And we'll also see high yield dividend paying utility stocks become more attractive in comparison to bonds. Uh, so investors may bid them back up a bit in the year. So that's number one. 
Any comments or can I can just keep cruising? Yeah, keep you're cruising. predicting that uh, historically bad year, it'll be better than that for that second. See, see so how I did it this done. year on an absolute. <laughs> see how I did it this year? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for You're that. You're predicting title. a dead cat bounce. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, with some, there's some logic behind. Yeah, it. Yeah, there's I some guess. logic behind it. You know, it's there's some some brain cells go, going to work. Uh, so number two here, uh, I believe small caps will outperform this year, primarily due to the large uh, value gap between the S and P 500 large cap and the S and P 600 or small cap. Um, Ryan showed this chart quite a few times. It's from Yardeni. Uh, research just showing the uh, forward ratios and the valuation discount uh, of that it's being applied to small caps right now. Um, so based on this, you know, I'll, I'll measure the relative performance of the S and P 500 and the S and P 600 index. And again, I believe that the S and P 600 uh, will outperform uh, this year. I know Ryan's going to have some good comments on that uh, when he kind of goes through his own section. I believe. Um, Brandon stole my prediction. That's, I didn't steal I'm your saying. prediction, but uh, they're, <laughs> they're kind kidding. of close. Uh, and last but not least, this is a bold one, but I, I thought that I would uh, swing for the fences because it's it's fun. Um, on an absolute basis, Tesla, TSLA on the NASDAQ, will decline during 2024 from its current price of $256.50. Now, this is a bold prediction, but here are my thoughts. Number one, Tesla's profit margins have been declining as the company has been reducing uh, the price points of its vehicles, um, basically to uh, you know continue to push out volume, essentially, um, which we have seen other competitors uh, basically uh, surpass their volume now, surpass Tesla's volume. Um, as well, number two here, high interest rates are currently impacting EV demand with expectations for 2024 to be modest, modest. As even Musk said on Tesla's earnings call, I just can't emphasize this enough that the vast majority of people buying a car is about the monthly payment. If interest rates remain high or if they go even higher, it's that much harder for people to buy the car. And finally, uh, we are seeing significant competition coming in from Porsche, Mercedes, etc. Even my beloved Subaru has dropped the internally or internal combustion engine WRX STI in 2023 to focus their efforts on a new all electric sports vehicle. So we're really seeing, you know, competition, uh, you know, even a smaller company like, like Subaru going full force with, uh, EVs. Um, so that is my thought and we'll see that's, that's a, a big bet. Um, and, and I guess, you know, I'm going to actually double down on my golf game this year. Uh, this is just my fun one. Uh, I'm doubling down on breaking 83 at Wildwood. You heard it here. Other lessons finally can be useful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my predictions. Any comments? Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, I someone just, else. <laughs> I, I predict that you'll <laughs> get zero get right. Half of them. <laughs> yes. No, no, no one of them better be right, basically. One of them clients. better be right. Okay. Maybe the one All right. for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's, he stole one from me and one from Aaron. That's it's not it. nicely done. And then yeah. his golf game. Is... <laughs> All right. Matter. No, it was good. All right, Brett. Now, no pressure here, but yeah, uh, reigning champion. Yeah, reigning one for champion. the two time. Uh, Everybody, write these down quickly. Yeah, write these down. What they is are, Brett got is and then champion. burn them. Yeah, never listen yeah. to my predictions. My coin flips Disclosure. can only be right one one year in a row. All right, mm -hmm. though, first one up. I am saying oil using the West Texas Intermediate, so WTI, will remain below $90 for the year. Oh. So entire year, Can't we're not going to see not a cent Can't over go. if it's up for $90 and one cent for a minute. Intraday even. No, not intraday. We're doing, we're doing days close. Close, close. Okay, okay. We're, uh, after we're, the we got negative it. oil futures, I don't trust those to intraday yeah. prices. <laughs> And so that nice and easy number one. Um, I'm saying this because I, the OPEC plus specifically the Saudis have already really played their hand uh, of cutting their oil production. We're seeing U.S. shale production just keep on going up. So I really think it's just not going to have that same effect that we saw in early 2022, where it goes up to that ninety, hundred and ten dollar barrel. 
range, even if it was relatively short period of time. I think it's going to stay below the 90, even potentially go lower if we see the OPEC plus repeat of the 80s where they just try to crush U.S. production by ramping up their production. It could really shoot prices lower even. I'm not counting on that. That's what I'm saying. It's just going to be below 90, not going down to 30 or something like that. But below 90, we'd have to see a super strong economy, I think, especially in China as well, because they've had weakened demand overall there. So overall, you need a strong global economy, which I don't think is going to happen to the degree which is necessary as well. I think we could even see further increased production. So So I would say then energy stock investors, beware. The man who won this year's prediction contest is saying that oil will be flat or maybe weaker. And if you're invested in those companies, make sure they have strong balance sheets because you could be in for a wild ride. Exactly. That's why we love strong balance sheets. So moving on to number two. So I'm saying 70% of the S&P 500 companies will have a positive return for the year. And I'll I'll actually ask you guys a question here. How many companies in 2023, at least up year to date, had a positive rise in price for the S&P 500? Like what percentage of or just how many? Yeah. Yeah. What percentage of companies either or? 25%. Um, Yeah. 120. Percent? 90. No, no, I'm talking about companies on the 500. I, uh, yeah, companies. He's saying 18%. There you oh, go. Yeah, um, there you go. I don't know. I'll go 30. You guys would actually, I'm surprised by this too. I ran the numbers early today and I think it would have been very different last month. 62%. Well, okay. Oh, well, see, it probably would have been. And we, that's why yeah. we were trying to go. We were kind of hedging it, right? Because, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. Because at one point, it was a significant number or lower. It probably crossed over because it was flat. So if you just went above, yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. that makes sense. To be honest, it should be above fifty percent because yeah, I think when we I ran, when it. we ran those numbers, there, you know, they were about you know in November it was about two percent, four percent down. I think the other four hundred ninety three stocks on average were four percent mm-hmm. down, but it shifted significantly November and into December. So they, you know, you, you may have a five eight percent gain, but that means that likely like 60 percent of them are up right yeah okay mm-hmm. makes sense yeah no it's, it's changed a lot over the last couple of months because i think yeah. i ran the same similar thing a few months ago when it was like 30 percent or so yeah. were positive yeah. i don't remember the exact numbers but yeah it's changed a lot so moving on to prediction number three the u.s fed specifically the u.s is going to have a soft landing meaning that there's going to be no substantial increase in inflation as well as there's not going to be a recession and we'll go with a technical recession so two quarters of GDP contraction, if we want to be specific with that one. Betting on the soft landing. Wow. Yeah, the soft landing. It's kind of a soft dump. That's what they call it in hockey. Soft dumping. Yeah, dump and chase. (laughs) The puck lands softly in the corner. All right. Thanks, Coach Irvin. We'll, we'll, We'll move on from his specifically no Canucks prediction so far which I'm guessing is going to be coming up, speaking of hockey. No, nothing? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, he's not showing his hand mm-hmm. quite yet. So moving on to my fourth prediction and final prediction. Like theirs, somehow Aaron read my mind very specifically. I almost did the dividend stock, but then I went more specifically and went with Canadian REITs will perform well in 2024, specifically over 5%, and we can use the TSX REIT index for that. Yeah, great. Five percent on an oh, absolute basis. Five percent, five absolute relative overperformance. Absolute. So it is absolute going to go up five percent. So it uh, needs to just be over five percent. Yeah, including dividends. Not including dividends. Dividend. We'll go. We'll, we'll go capital. I'll make it a bit harder. Okay. So yeah, no, that's my last one. Yep. The winners for the year. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Let's let's get to mine and we can close out this show. Yeah, uh, I'm going to double down, so to speak, on my AI prediction. I, I believe this is a year where the real shenanigans will start. It'll be silly season for promoters. That'll accelerate. There'll be a plethora of TSX Venture AI stocks. Market participants in these areas should be beware in 2024. At some point, it will get really silly, and there will be AI podcasts, AI stock podcasts, dedicated AI stock sites, uh, conferences dedicated to AI stocks, and I will predict specifically 10% of TSX venture companies 
will include themselves as AI stocks. They won't be, but it'll say they are AI stocks. So when I'm going through CDR, I will have to bring bring out at least 300 stocks that have AI in their uh, description of the company. So that's a specific prediction. Does that make sense? Does yeah, is that criteria specific that. enough? Yeah. Okay, yeah. if I can five three hundred yeah. by the end and of this year, I'll tell you a great example. Of this is uh, Vigano, which uh, Brennan did earlier <laughs> yeah. this year. Is they oh, were it's the, already converted. Yeah, they they converted and they uh, well they got delisted. Yeah, so they are no longer trading, and that was after a couple months. So they will not be one later. of mine. They won't be one of yours <laughs> no. unless they yeah, file. But, you yes. never know. Yeah, that's Keep good. That's like good. flies. Keep dropping. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one's a simple call, relatively. Um, it's Brennan, again, he stole this, uh, is to say small caps will outperform in 2024. After a number of years of out- underperformance for me, I would say, too, that uh, the issue here is, though, not not all small caps are the same, so it's kind of hard to define them. Um, and a broad or traditional recession is actually, usually brings in a risk-off trade, so it's not good for smaller companies. So there's a risk of that. I'm going to say value-based small cap companies will outperform in 2024. I I will use the MSCI U.S. Small Cap Value Index, which captures small cap U.S. securities exhibiting kind of value style characteristics. It tracks them by um, essentially by three variables. That would be book value to price, 12-month forward earnings to price, and dividend yield. So I would say those will outperform this year. Yeah. I just want to say that I didn't steal that one and just remember who sent you the, the, that research report. <laughs> and I'll ref- refute that and say- well, you're saying Ryan stole it from you. I'm, I'm saying that Ryan stole it from me. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't bode run. well for that prediction then. <laughs> well, I, I disagree to disagree. Rock rock so right. <laughs> I don't know if that's the wisest choice, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Now, number three, housing prices will finally start to decline in the second half of 2024. Uh, rates will eventually reset. They are hoping for lower rates, which homeowners will renew at. They may indeed be lower, but I do not foresee anything close to the sub 2% that many bought with with little little wiggle room. There may be some trouble looming here. Um, It's a, a risky prediction, I believe, because again, we talked about this. We shouldn't underestimate the Canadian big banks, um, creativity in solving homeowner near-term mortgage cash crunches. Uh, We could start to see 40 to 55-year mortgages. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but I'm sure banks would prefer those to foreclosures, particularly in Canada. In the end, this type of action, uh, this is kind of a soapbox, I'm going to say here. Uh, It's a systemic problem. Politicians, and I see this a lot, politicians and financial policymakers are taking kind of a role as caretakers or more aptly put, in my opinion, they're like enabling parents, perhaps well-intended at times. And at others, I'm looking at politicians when I say this, just acting in self-interest, but in the end, not allowing the natural system to take hold. Contrary to what we have seen uh, for over a decade, it's okay for the economy and individuals to feel a little bit of pain. It sucks, but it is how we learn. Perhaps we will think twice about buying the second boat or car or the seventh TV or extra thousand square feet on your house, things that really we don't need. It's our system's natural course of action to keep this silliness or excess that leads to real problems in check. For example, as tough as it may be to hear, those that bought too much house um, over this period with little margin of safety may have to sell, take a loss and get less house or move to a more affordable area. This is a lesson learned. It's tough, but it can prevent a worse scenario. I do not see those lessons being learned today, and household debt in Canada remains at all-time highs. These are not good things. So that's a little bit of my soapbox. I just think that we should allow lessons to be learned. There can be, obviously, a social safety net. I'm not saying that. And everybody will say, oh, it's easy for you to say. I just believe that you need to teach these things. And sometimes it's a hard thing to say, and it's a hard lesson for some people, but it prevents catastrophic uh, economic events. Any well, comments on that? You to say. Yeah, yeah, well, it's not exactly. like, I mean, negative amortizing or... 
you guys getting after it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not like, I mean, the 40-year amortization mortgages are, you know, good for the consumer. Like, I mean, it's just like yeah. you're literally not even paying down any of the principal. Like, you know, like it's like when people need to understand that too, where, you know, when the bank asks you, do you want to extend? Don't just, oh yeah, my payment's lower. You know, um, you really, you gotta, you gotta see what's actually going on. Anyways. Yeah. And if you're, if you're in your twenties, thirties, even forties and get like a 25 year mortgage and try to accelerate and pay that down, you might be 45, 55. When suddenly you don't have that, the biggest payment in your life, it comes out of the equation. You paid off your mortgage and then you can spend more in the economy. If you're going to take 40 years, you know, if you're 30 and get a mortgage, you're 70, you're too tired to spend by then. <laughs> like there's, the, it, it just, it, it doesn't leave, you know, it's not good for the economy overall. If you can't spend, you have excess income. If you cut out that payment, you paid off your mortgage. And uh, yeah, that that's, I'm, I'm not a big fan at all of, of 40 year mortgages for what it does to an economy. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's my opinion. I think it's pretty sound. Um, Finally, a general or a couple general predictions. Uh, one about AI as well. There will be more deep fakes. It'll become more of an issue in 2024. There will be one or two significant incidents that hopefully we'll learn from, but it will become something or somebody will get fooled very significantly in 2024 by a deep fake and it'll become more of an issue uh, over the course of this year. The sad thing about deep fakes and fooling people is it's, it's one thing to say like, well, people will learn their lesson, but I think that oh. a lot of people don't want <laughs> to learn their lesson. No, yeah, it's true. That's a problem. Like I've literally seen examples of deep fakes fooling people when there's been like a decal and a message on the video yeah. essentially saying that it was a deep fake. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, it's almost like if, if you're fooling somebody, especially when it comes to like politics or social issues, if you're fooling, if you're giving them something they want to believe, even if the evidence is there and it's easy to spot, they still are going to fall for it because they want to fall for it. It's, it's, it's a sad thing, but I agree. I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of that this year, especially because there's a, a big election, obviously in the U S presidential election. Yeah, that's a good so prediction. It's going to be fraught with think, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. My that's that's, so far. that's it's part of my eye was on that partly. But yeah. I would say that people don't uh, learn lessons often when it comes to money. There's some people, types of people that just don't learn any lesson when it comes to money in a lifetime. I mean, for example, that much of the TSX uh, venture is is a, has been a deep fake for about 30 years, to be honest. Uh, the, <laughs> The stocks on there and people just keep going back to it. You know, the, the horrible companies on there. So let's, let's just say a lot of people don't learn their lessons and uh, hopefully they can, but I, I do would predict that some event will happen this year. That'll be widely publicized. It'll be a deep fake. We'll all hear about mm -hmm. it. Hopefully it becomes a laugh, not something that's uh, mm -hmm. traumatic or terrible, but I would prefer it to be a laugh, but we'll see there'll be a big event this year. Uh, and I'm not going to make any Canucks predictions because I, didn't I say last year I wouldn't or, or mm -hmm. make any Canucks like predictions? That. And it's worked out fairly well. So uh, because the team is actually playing well, I'm just going to shut up about the Canucks and uh, hope that they continue to play well. I'm going to predict, though, that we're going to be watching when we go to Vegas yeah. for the conference, we're going to be watching a game uh, there, which means Vegas has to make it to the second round. So I think they will. And let, of course, now they're going to play Vancouver in the first round, and I've just bet against the Canucks. Which you know, I, I hope probably I'll say uh, that's a good idea, and maybe I hope beat that them, that, so. that comes true. Either that, or you know, the Oilers make it there. Oh well, if we're there and we get to see the Canucks in a a road game against Vegas uh, in the second round in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, we will lose it, and we will be wearing Canucks gear, and um, we will probably take some blows from Vegas fans, but we will punch back. <laughs> Aaron, we will punch back, won't we? Well, the good thing is that, <laughs> I mean, like, are most of the fans that Clueless are watching, about are they actually from yes. Vegas? Or, because Vegas is such a... It's true. Like it's when we, town, right? when we went to the playoff Obviously, game there, there last year. there are people from Vegas who would go, but yeah. there's just there's so much... There's tons of people that Somebody go in would not and say they've Vegas, never... So. Yeah, that they've never watched. Yeah. Like, I was actually talking to this one guy from, I think, like, it was, like, Wisconsin, I don't know, or something like that. And I don't know how he's never watched a game, you know, from being from Wisconsin, a hockey game. Um, and yeah. it was his first first game. And, you know, he was just 
it was in the second period, it was zero zero. And he was like, this is the most boring sport ever. And I was like, it's not usually really? like this. And he kept talking to me. Oh, it was a boring game. It was a yeah, it game. was just a boring game. It was just a, and boring then you game. punched him out. No. And he kept talking no, to me and I told him, I was like, if you, if you, I mean, you can talk to me, but like, look at the, look at the ice. If you're going to continue to talk to me, like you're going to miss the goal. Of course he missed the goal when he, you know, should have been watching and he was talking to me. Anyways, he missed the goal, but he finished his five beer in that period. Yeah, true. Yeah. Or that was you. Sorry, what am I talking about? No, no. No, it was. It, well, we look forward to going to a game when we're down there. Hopefully, we got to go last year. Um, hopefully, that'd be awesome if they're playing the Canucks. Mm-hmm. That's going to end off our year. Uh, again, the mugs are coming, so get your um, get your questions in for our your stock our take. If you've got any predictions, maybe uh, we'll read them to start this year. Anybody got a prediction? The best, let's just say that anybody brings in the best prediction gets a new spanking, brand new <laughs> spanking. What the hell? Uh, mug, yep. Keystone mug, and we'll send that off to you for the best prediction for this coming year. Uh, as always, but I'm going to especially say too, um, I'd like to thank the guys for being on the podcast with us, well, all of us together this year. I uh, wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I'm going to wish all our listeners out there a uh, happy new year, uh, profitable holidays, and uh, as always, um, a profitable stock market year. That would be good. But anybody, you, I was going to end it off, but you guys might have something to say too, so I don't want to end it off. We're good? I was wrong. Merry they Christmas, everybody. They have nothing everybody. to say. Literally nothing. Thank it's you like all for listening. We appreciate uh, it yeah. so much. I love getting you know the emails from you guys saying that you listen. I love it. You know. I feel like a celebrity, um, even though I'm not. Um, but again, Happy New Year. <laughs> the fact uh, that you have to say you're not. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure it's they know. Priceless. You're just being humble, brother. I'm just being Yeah, humble. he's so humble. He's so humble. But thank you, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Yeah. Ha- have a good Christmas, everyone. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. Thank you very much. And profitable investing. Happy New Year, everyone. See you in 2024. Happy New Year's, everyone.